This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is E-Factor Radio, created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And now here's your host, David Wolf. Our guest on this segment has mastered the art of competitive intelligence and created a company to help entrepreneurs and small businesses do the same. Janie L. Smith is the founder and CEO of Smart Advantage. She appears regularly in the major media outlets everywhere and has coached more than 35,000 CEOs and C-suite executives on how to create a smart competitive advantage. Joining us on the line from her offices in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, is the author of Creating Competitive Advantage, Janie L. Smith. Janie, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. So, just to lay the groundwork for this segment, what exactly is competitive advantage? Well, competitive advantage is the reason you're in business. It's the thing that differentiates you. And without a differentiation, I love to quote Jack Welch. Jack says, if you don't have a competitive advantage, then don't compete. Because you really don't have anything to sell, and you will be in a price game. And in a recession, nobody can afford to be watching their margins chip away day by day. And so many businesses are in that situation right now. If you can't communicate a competitive advantage, you are hammered away on price and become a commodity. What do you think it is that most entrepreneurs, let's say micro-enterprise or even mid-sized companies, what do they miss about how to formulate or how to, how to get a grip on what their advantage is? Most companies, I've asked over 4,000 CEOs and salespeople, what's your number one competitive advantage? And I can count on one hand the number that can answer that question correctly. Most of them answer with statements like, we have good customer service, good quality, good (laughs) reputation, we have good people who are knowledgeable. And I have on page 100 of my book, Creating Competitive Advantage, a list that I call the 10 most common responses. I've been asking this question for years. Those are not competitive advantages. Those are givens. They're strengths. You have to have them just to open your doors, just to be in business and compete at all. They don't differentiate you. And, you know, I like to call that list blah, blah, blah. Salespeople are saying it. It's in the marketing brochures. It's on websites. It doesn't tell the buyer anything. And your competitive advantages have to be able to build confidence and remove risk in the buying decision. The companies that do that well minimize price as an issue, and they get themselves out of commodity corners. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about this idea of price. Obviously, it points to a more commoditized kind of product or service, but tell us, what's your position on price and how it fits in, how it folds in to the idea of competitive advantage? Price 
unless you have the capability of being Walmart, very few companies have that kind of buying power. You cannot play the price game. I have seen it again and again. I'll give you an example of a client of ours recently in the trucking business, and he trucks um, flowers from Miami uh, north. And that company has been beaten up on price in the recession. But when they got went through this exercise that's outlined in my book, and they started to understand they, in fact, had way more value than any of their competitors, they didn't need to cave in on price. And they have since stopped that bad practice, um, in fact, have increased their prices and have not lost a customer. They bring so much more value, they just didn't know how to communicate it. And I could, if we had time, I could give you a hundred stories like that of clients who actually have a service or a product that is a commodity. But when you talk about, you know, I always say your competitive advantages don't necessarily lie in the actual product or the service, they lie in how you deliver the product or the service. Uh. And most companies aren't looking at the how. They're, they're just so product-oriented or focused and service-oriented, and they're like, well, we offer the same product as, you know, 100 other people. Yeah, but do you get it there on time? And do you pick up the phone within two rings? And if you make a mistake, do you fix it within an hour? Those are the kinds of things that buyers want to hear. And they don't want to hear promises. They don't want you to say, we will be there within 24 hours. They want to hear that you did it. I always like to say, in business, unlike a mutual fund, past performance is the best indicator of future performance. Because if you can say historically, we've measured on-time delivery for the past three years and we've got it there on time 98.6% of the time, then I have a tendency to believe you. If you tell me you're measuring it, I know you're holding people accountable, and I know you've proven it to yourself and to me that you can do it. That's a lot different than a promise that says we will deliver in 24 hours. In this world, nobody's believing promises. You've got to show you've done it. If you're just joining us, Janie L. Smith is our guest on this segment. The, the website, www.smartadvantage.com. Of course, the company's uh, the name is one and the same, smartadvantage.com. And she's the author of Creating Competitive Advantage. That's now in its 10th printing, by the way. It's in its 10th printing, and it's doing great on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. It's, uh, you know, it's a book for recession. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I, continue to be surprised myself at how well it continues to do. Mm. And it's a book for recession because people have to be able to, to stop caving in on price. And I have to tell you that we've worked with scores and scores of companies in all kinds of industries. And I have yet to see a company who could not back themselves successfully out of Commodity Corner once they get their arms around this competitive advantage process. Janie, I'm curious, is this like a treasure hunt when you work with a client? Do you have to probe to find the thing that is the advantage? I love, I love your phrase. Yes, it is a treasure hunt, and it's so fun when we go in. We just got back from Minneapolis this weekend where we worked with the client, and we teach them the process, how to uncover and identify. It's like an Easter egg hunt. And we, we come you know, companies try to do this for themselves, and they come up with maybe five or ten. Yeah. We, we guarantee a company will find 50. And this weekend, I think we found 75 with this client we worked with in Minneapolis. It's a software company. They're loaded. Companies have these things, but they're leaving them on the table. They're not talking about them in a way that people understand. You know, all of us will pay for value if we understand what the value is. But if you look like everybody else, then it is a price becomes the tiebreaker in how how to shop. What's the idea behind dangerous disparity? 
Oh, that's my favorite chapter in the book. Dangerous Disparity is based on uh, years of research. In fact, my second book that we're working on now is going to have an expansion of that. Dangerous Disparity, we've done research with clients, and we we go, we, we come up with 50 to 100 competitive advantages, and we, we say to clients, you don't go out and get, to, get your customer and say, now get real comfortable. I got 75 reasons you should buy from us. You clearly have to find out which ones they value. They're not going to value all of them. That's just a brainstorming session. When we find out... You you know, when we go through that exercise, we then do double-blind market research with their clients. And we come back and we say, okay, we now know the things that your customer values most, and before we reveal it to you, would you please guess? We've been doing this for many years, and we've only had about three clients guess right. Wow. 95% of the companies we've done this with um, to oversimplify, this is what it looks like. They're out there with their sales and marketing messages talking about ABC. Yeah. Guess what? Customers buying DEF. And if you're not talking about the things they value, then you are painting yourself again into commodity corner. Mm. So it's critical. The dangerous disparity is that we're selling the wrong thing. We're in our client's face saying, you should buy from us because we've been around for 25 years and we've won more awards than anybody in our industry. Well, we just found out with one client who's in the travel business that their customers didn't care one bit about their awards. In fact, they rated it 20 out of 20 attributes. When they found out what their customers did value, um, they they absolutely focused on it, held people accountable, they touted, it, and they've just told me they're up about 120% over their industry. So it makes a difference when you talk to your customers about what they buy on, not what you think they should buy on. And therein lies the disparity. This is an emergent process, right? Once you've discovered it, you continually tweak and you look and you research. Do I have it right? Yes, that's exactly right. It's a process. There's no silver bullet. It takes some work. And it's not rocket science. It's just a little rigorous. You've got to, you've got to find out what they value. And when you find out what they value, if on-time delivery is the number one thing your customer values, well, are you measuring it? And are you holding people accountable? You know, when I was, I, my first half of my career, I spent in the airline industry, and we did lots of research. And we found out there's this thing called the shadow effect. Um, out of all the customers and, and travelers we researched, we found out if the airplane left on time, the customers rated everything else in the experience higher. When the airplane left rate, late, they rated everything else lower. Well, who, who's capitalized on that? You know, I ask that question. Everybody knows it's Southwest. Yeah. Southwest is the only airline in this country, quarter after quarter, year after year, who shows profits. Everybody in that organization is accountable for turning that airplane around at the gate. And you see the, the, the pilots, the flight engineers, the, the gate agents, the stewardesses, they're all, they're all turning that plane around at the gate. And so that's their culture. So when you find out what the customer values, you have to have a culture and accountability that supports it. And you know what? The other thing that the research with the customer shows you is solid resource allocation. How do I know where to spend my money if I don't know what the customer values? Yeah. We've come back to clients and said, look, this thing you're spending money on, the customer's rated 19 out of 20. Why spend money on it? And so it's very important to get the voice of the customer. I love that idea that it, there's a contagion almost. Uh, it, it, their experience of the one item colors everything else about their experience. Yeah, you know, we all say that. I mean, you know, you, you've, first of all, customer service is, is kind of a, 
a misnomer. I just find there's hardly any customer service in this country because our research shows that uh, small, medium-sized businesses, uh, less than um, 15% conduct any solid, double-blind customer market research. So they're just guessing what their customer value is. How are we going to deliver it? And big companies, we work with a lot of large, large companies who have market research departments and they spend a lot of money, but they don't connect the dots to what should we be doing with it internally. So it's no wonder customer service, in, you know, we just don't, most of us don't experience, have a good customer service experience. And when we do, we talk about it and talk about it and talk about it because it's so rare and it shouldn't be. It's not hard. And the companies that do this well will get through this recession. Talk is it's going to be a long, slow recovery and you're going to need to keep your head above water for a long time. You can't do that if you keep lowering price. And I like to say you and your competitors are leapfrogging each other to the bottom of the margin ladder. Yeah, it's a race to the bottom. That's exactly right. Um, you work with large companies. Do you also work with mom and pop or smaller, mid-sized, uh, well, let's call them a micro-enterprise? Yes, we do. We work with all all size businesses. Everything We've worked with everything from a 3 and four employee insurance company all the way up to Fortune 100 companies because the process is the same. It's just uh, a question of how do you apply it. Uh, I'll give you an example of a really small company. This, Please. This uh, insurance company, it was three employees. It was a husband and a wife and I think an administrative person. And they went through our process. And um, when they found out that the number one thing their clients wanted was Good telephone response. If you're if you're my insurance agent, I don't want to be waiting for a phone call for a week, and I don't want to, you know, if I want something resolved, I want it now. Well, they only had three employees. How were they going to do that? They were smart. They hired a call center, and they got they got a few people on the phone who could answer their calls within a couple of rings, and they would make sure that one of them returned the call within a couple of hours, and they kept score on their website. They showed their response rate on their website every day they changed it, so people knew they were serious about this, and they told us that it didn't take long for that to double their business. Mm. Have you ever had the experience where the discovery of the competitive advantage actually pointed to branding differently? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I had a long talk with somebody about branding. Yes and no. There's a couple of ways to say that because if you, you say your brand is all about the product and somebody else says, yeah, the product's good, but your competitor has the same equivalent product. Well, let's talk about how we deliver it. Let's talk about getting it to you uh, on time, undamaged, and if there's anything wrong with it, we fix it immediately. Um, you know, Amazon's done a marvelous job of everybody just thinking that's the place to go. They, they continue to grow and continue to expand because of their internal processes. Not so much, you know, they sell a book, so does Barnes & Noble sell a book. But their internal process that makes the whole thing smooth and work again and again and again is what gives them a huge competitive advantage. And then, you know, if you want to apply it to a small company, you know, the dry cleaner, uh, for example, <laughs> we don't have to tell you, know, if I had a dry cleaner who delivered it to my office, picked it up at my office, and if anything was wrong, we're going to replace those buttons immediately, and they stood behind that. I actually had somebody tell me about a dry cleaner they used that did that. I am more than willing to pay more because they're not commoditized, and all small businesses have the opportunity to do something a little bit better and Sure, it's going to cost the dry cleaner more, but the customers are willing to pay more. So they should be able to build a differentiator in. Mm, they'll pay for the value. Janie, how can, um, let's talk about the close, the process of closing. And I understand competitive advantage, the idea can help uh, close a, a sale, which is really where the rubber meets the road. 
Yes, that's right. That's where I use my mantra. Competitive advantage is the thing that builds confidence and removes risk in the buying decision. If you can convince me sufficiently that, you know, most companies will start with their sales processes and they'll say, we do this, we do this, we do this. So what? I don't care what you do. Answer the so what question. We do this because what? A company might have a a computer-aided design system. What does it do? Well, it saves me 10 days in scheduling and allows me to make same-day changes. Tell me what that is and how it impacts the customer. So if I understand that everything that you do has a benefit to me and it's a benefit that I value, you will close sales. I just saw a wonderful ad this weekend uh, for Hyundai, and they did an amazing job. You may have seen their ads. They're talking about how they're safer than any vehicle out there. Um, I wish I had it in front of me to, to show it, to tell you about it because they compared themselves in about five different buying criteria to, to the high-end cars, and in every case they beat them. And when you can do that, that'll close a sale. I mean, I, may, I wanted to run over there and buy a Hyundai Genesis right on the spot because I think that's the model it was. But, the, you, you know, it's just you've got you've to compare yourself to the competition in a way that shows you do it better. And if you do, people will pay for that. It will close sales. Our clients inc- increase their close rates between 20 and 50%. One company just told us they've increased their revenue by 110%. When you talk to the customer about what they value and you – demonstrate that you can do it and you have done it, that builds confidence and removes risk. So I'm, I'm sure that this is a good buying decision because this company has shown me in the past they've done it and done it and done it. They're not promising to do it. Um, you know, t- take anything personal that you've bought. I mean, I just I recently uh, called in three or four landscapers for quotes, and the guy that I went with, was more expensive, a lot more expensive than the other two. But he was so much more professional, just the way he was able to, in his car, use his computer and printer to give me a detailed uh, proposal within Mm. five minutes. I said, okay, this guy gets it. And finally, a theme that I found interesting was the idea of the internal customer. Talk about the way competitive advantages can attract and retain employees. How does that mechanism work? Oh, well, I love that because um, I always say, let's start with salespeople and then we'll talk about other employees. Employees want to work for companies that are going to be around a long time. Employees want to work for companies that are healthy. So if you have strong competitive advantages, salespeople want to work for that company because it makes their job a lot easier. I can sell when I know you've got something powerful to sell. Uh, when we go into a company and do this exercise, i got to tell you, people come in, sometimes they're kind of downcast because they feel like they've been beat up in the recession. By the time they leave, they're puffing their chest out and going, wow, we're way better than we thought we were. Wow. They just don't know it. And so it gives them a sense of pride. Uh, we did a company that really sold a commodity in the U.K. They sold surgical gloves, which is very much commoditized. They were being beat up uh, because they were selling their glove at a 40% premium. And the health system over there was telling hospitals to buy on price. Well, we went through this whole exercise, showed them how, in a, in a grid, how much better their product was than their competitors. And I'll never forget the quote one of the salespeople told us when we delivered our um, our sales tools to them. They said, this gives us so much confidence that we are better. And most businesses are not giving their salespeople confidence that they are better. Ooh, okay. CEOs, when I talk to CEO groups, what's the battle cry of your salespeople? They always say, hey, boss, we can sell more if only you will what? And in unison, the CEOs say, yeah, I know, lower the price. You don't <laughs> sell people saying that. Extraordinary work you're doing around this whole idea of competition and gaining competitive advantage. 
The company is SmartAdvantage.com. The website is www.SmartAdvantage.com. The company and website, one of them same. Our guest has been Janie L. Smith. She's also the author of Creating Competitive Advantage, now in its 10th printing. Congratulations for that. And thank you, Janie, for joining us on the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to E-Factor Radio. Get more podcasts with your premium membership at eFactor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.